With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even. Welcome to... Holy Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Jam Packer, professional sports fan, joined as always by El Nino, the kid, the god, the legend, Celtics beat reporter from the Athletic and the Celtics lost. Uh, come back all the way down from three nothing. Wild, wild buzzer beater in game six. And then first play of the game, Jason Tatum turns his ankle and uh, didn't get much better from there. They uh, missed their first 10 threes. They, Jalen Brown, I think, had more uh, turnovers than made field goals. Uh, aside from a, a like a run of Derek White points in the third quarter, there was just nothing really positive about this Boston Celtics effort in game seven. And now... Their season is over. Jay King, you were there. You were a lot closer to the action than I was. I'll ask you again, what the hell happened out there? Well, Tatum getting hurt on the first play of the game just absolutely crushed them. That was one of the biggest factors, obviously. He could not move. It was obvious. He played a ton of minutes anyway. It was obvious from that point on. He could not burst. They were running offense through Jalen Brown which they don't normally do. It's usually Tatum in charge of the offense. They went to a streak stretch where it was Derek White in charge of things, where they were just kind of letting him create stuff. There was, like, Tatum was trying to get out of the actions defensively, which is never his MO. There was one play late in the third quarter where the Heat seemed to realize it, and Jimmy targeted Tatum, and it was like, Oh yeah, they, they they see what everyone else does. Tatum just cannot move. And once Tatum was compromised, that means they they were going to need to shoot well. They were going to need Jalen Brown to play well. They were going to need to have a a big defensive game and none of that really happened. Jalen was just sloppy all game, forced some stuff, turned it over a lot. He was really down on himself. The poor guy was just looked crushed after the game. But he he just he wasn't good after Tatum was out and they needed him to step up and do more. It didn't work out. And then the offense just never ever got going, even in the slightest, except for that that one Derek White flurry that brought them within seven or eight. And then they had a few chances to get it closer and just couldn't score. And then finally Miami. I thought the the killer was like Tatum opening play of the fourth quarter. They're down 10, still within striking distance at least. They Rob catches it in the short corner, bounces it to Tatum, and he has a layup. 
uh, smoked it. Probably would have even dunked it maybe if he were healthy and smoked it and then the heat scored and then that was it was kind of a route from there. But I mean, they I just, think they equally, had nothing. Equally as bad was the end of the third quarter. I think they got it to eight points with a chance to cut it to six. Um, and then is I'm not going to play the the ref game, but I do think there was two kind of missed calls there at the at the the travel end. on Tatum. Well, there was a travel on Tatum, which I think was a horrendous call. But then uh, Caleb Martin, you know, who got absolutely robbed uh, for not being uh, named Eastern Conference MV- uh, MVP. Um, and he, went, at- he was on a series long heater. I, yeah, he was the best player in this series. The Jimmy heater Butler never had, stopped. He had a, a, some highs in game two, but then Jimmy Butler didn't show up for games three through six. And Caleb Martin was just there consistently and just did not miss shots. Uh, but at the end of the third quarter, um, Tatum got to the free throw line because Miami picked up some like a lot of fouls in that quarter. I think they got it with within six. And then... Jimmy Butler looked to me from my vantage point like he stepped out of bounds, swings the ball. Caleb Martin hits a three. Uh, the one thing I have issue with Caleb Martin's performance uh, throughout this entire series, he has no idea where his foot placement is. He's constantly shooting threes that just get reviewed and he get, hits a two. So that I have in my notes, he hits a three, but I think he actually got kid as a two. And then the following possession, it really looked like he either carried the ball or double dribbled, but then he got another you know fadeaway jumper because he's Caleb Martin. He's, the you know the goat but like it was a it was a opportunity to end the quarter on a kind of a run make some progress uh in the third quarter where i actually thought their defense was remarkably better than it was in the first half i thought they were making things really hard on the heat but um instead of like cutting into the heat's lead significantly they basically only chipped off one in that third quarter instead of chipping off like five and then they had that start of the fourth quarter like you mentioned where they pretty much died right there in that instance, giving up a 7-0 run to start the fourth. Yeah. The PA guy called Caleb Martin Cody Martin <laughs> at one point. Eddie Palandino, a pro's pro. You know, like some I, I made that same mistake, and then he just torched the team. There was like only a couple of times. This year where... <laughs> Shouldn't everybody know his name? <laughs> Caleb <laughs> Martin was unbelievable. I think he's hit three threes in a game only like four times this season, but then he averaged three threes a game for this entire series. Like he actually was unbelievable. He was much better offensive option than Bam. Um, But then the Heat just did the, like, you got to respect the Heat for just like one, taking a terrible loss uh, in game six and coming out and just keep on battling. But just like their constant motion, their offense, their talented players, like Gabe Vincent hit some big shots tonight. Max Struess hit a ridiculous three off an inbounds pass where he shot it with like 12 seconds left in the shot clock and multiple full feet behind the line. And it went in Duncan Robinson um, is so much more than just a shooter. Now he's like, just did, how many times did he beat the Celtics backdoor cuts, especially Al Horford in this series? Like you have to give them a lot of credit, but I would give Caleb Martin the most credit. And I blame uh, I'm going to blame Tim Bontemps for voting for... Uh... Why was everybody blaming Tim Bontemps? So I have a group chat with Bontemps, and everybody was blaming Bontemps. Even though four other writers also voted for Jimmy, everyone was like like just blaming Bontemps for, for the entirety of that vote. I thought it was it could have gone to either guy. I'm going to were... choose to blame Bontemps and Ben Rohrbeck because I was sitting next to Ben Rohrbeck the entire game just talking about how great Caleb Martin was, and apparently he didn't listen to me whatsoever. Apparently, my I had, opinion. I had a chat zero. with Ben Rohrbeck about it. He was uh, 
he was very pro Jimmy in that that discussion. I said I would have voted for Caleb, but I didn't. I had a vote last year. They took it away from the kid this year. <laughs> Who'd you vote for last year? Tatum. Uh, that makes sense. Didn't Bon Temps vote for Jimmy Butler last year as well? Yes, the he guy's did. addicted to Jimmy. That's that's why we blame Bomb Tents because he got the vote wrong last year and he got the vote wrong this year. Two years of wrong from Tim Bontemps. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bomb Temps, one of my good friends. Uh, I, I, after watching three conference finals in the last four years between these two teams, I think it's safe to say that the more these teams go through shit, the more it's their superpower. Like, the Heat just had an awful year this year. They barely made the playoffs. They almost lost to the Bulls in the second playing game after losing the first playing game to Atlanta, and it just makes them stronger. The Celtics lost three games to start the series. Everyone thought they were dead. And it just made them stronger. The Celtics' biggest mistake was winning in too exciting of a fashion in game six. <laughs> to give in a, too to devastating give a fashion to Miami. And it just made the Heat stronger. These are the, to me, these two teams have really like controlled the Eastern Conference for most of the last four years with that one Bucks year in between because they can just go through a ton of stuff and find a way to keep fighting and keep playing and keep keep moving forward. That's that's the biggest thing with these two teams. They're both talented. The Celtics probably think they're more talented. Um they both can just go through a ton of stuff and for the Celtics a lot of it was self-inflicted. The the third quarter in game 1, they were up 9 at halftime and just totally fell apart. The fourth quarter of game two, they're up double digits. Let Caleb Martin get free. Let Duncan Robinson hit a couple of shots and then kind of get punked the rest of the way in that game. Game three, they just laid a dud. It's like you cannot lose. History tells us you cannot lose three straight games to start a series and still come back. And you see why tonight. It's because you're not always good. Because then Jason Tatum can roll an ankle in game seven and you don't have any margin for error whatsoever. And then, then you just got nothing left. And th- after that, it would have taken a lot to beat the Heat, I think, because um, Tatum couldn't defend. He couldn't get out in transition. There were times when he would have attacked any other time and just kind of passed it around the corner, around the perimeter. Like he was just totally compromised. He was and... past, like, and it makes sense, just like how gingerly he was moving he had that one dunk and and it just like it looked like landing for him was painful and you're right just like giving up offensive possessions so i was like you go over there and i'll just kind of be a distraction and like when you lose your absolute best player there's not really a lot the, the like the Celtics could have done we saw them go to Jalen brown who was again bad and he would post game was like yes he failed Derek white had some moments there he also got hurt he went to the locker room at some point um, but it's not like the Celtics had a lot of good bench options. Malcolm Brogdon came back in this game and uh, was a minus 15 in his six minutes and was just kind of dreadful. He airballed one of his first three, and it was just way off. And I think he smoked a bunny later, um, but he's just... I wouldn't he, have played him. I yeah, would not have played him. I don't think uh, you sh- they should have played him, considering they were able to survive and win in game 
six, but I still think even with the Tatum injury, like, I don't know what you're going to do. Like they, they had a similar shooting performance in game six, but Tatum kept them in the game with his, uh, just getting to the free throw line constantly in the second quarter and just his um, bucket getting generally in the second half. And they just didn't have any source of offense other than uh, a a few Derek white, you know, floaters in the lane and uh, drawing some fouls there. But after that, like there was just no, nothing they could really do to generate enough buckets. And actually in the, in the third quarter where I thought they improved on, on defense, uh, they just there's no nothing on the offensive end they could do yeah i mean and and tatum is always the key to their offense forever like marcus smart orchestrates a lot of it but he does it in actions with tatum they need tatum to collapse the defense get guys open and when he's not capable of doing that they try to give it to jalen and jalen's capable of that sometimes but this Heat team has been a real challenge for him in each of the last two playoffs, and he never really figured that out. It was, and especially like when he has to be the primary playmaker, and he's not playing off of Tatum. It's that's not the role you really want him in against a really smart, aggressive defense. The that other being part of, said, he was especially like he was especially bad tonight and especially yeah. sloppy with his turnovers and like high handle, just getting poked away. Like he that is not his natural role. You don't want him to be the main facilitator, but on top of that, he just had some brutal, brutal turnovers there. Like Yeah, it was bad at times. And and I mean he he held himself accountable, said it was I was terrible when the team needed me most, and just kind of took it on the chin, but that's the second year in a row in the playoffs where his decision-making has become a big issue at the highest level of the game. And I thought he was actually pretty good against the Warriors last year, but the Heat series, the turnovers were more of an issue for him. And and that's something he's going to have to really spend a lot of time shoring up because I do think he showed some games where he was able to manage it better, but but never fully never got out of the the turnover and bad decision making kind of just blinders on habit that that he shows sometimes and tonight was just a really really bad game for him the uh it was the Celtics really had history just waiting for them man like just waiting for them <laughs> so annoying i didn't let myself have hope about this series until the Derek white shot and then I walked into the walked into the TD Garden day, the cock of the walk. You know, I thought I thought the Celtics by a billion. I and I didn't let myself voice that out loud, but that was my internal feeling because I didn't want to get too cocky. But yeah, like they had this, they had the Red Sox thing. They had the coming back, like no team's ever done it. They had all the people writing columns about how if anyone was going to do it, it was this team. And I'm telling you, they made a mistake. They goofed. By- it. They they hit the heat with too clean a gut punch, <laughs> and then they just they just charged up the heat. The heat take gut punches and just like plug themselves into it, and it just re-energizes them. And they come back, it's just stronger. They they live for adversity. They they thrive off. They eat adversity. The worst thing the Heat could do in the NBA Finals is win Game One. Yeah, no, they, they can't win Game One. It would. 
it would be terrible for them if if they won game one. They have to they have to take like a 47 point, 17 rebound, 14 assist night from Jokic, and everybody just thinks they have no chance. Not and that's when they'll come back and win game two by like 40 with Caleb Martin scoring 74 points. <laughs> Caleb Martin, NBA MVP, NBA Finals MVP. The uh people were upset about Robert Williams not playing more than 14 minutes. I thought he was really hurt. So he went to the locker room area a couple Multiple of times. Multiple times, right? I was back there one of the times, and he was just like doubled over in a ton of pain and just looked really, really, like, like it, he was really bothered by something. I'm not sure what it was, but he was just like doubled over in the back area just, in all sorts of of trouble. So I thought that was probably the a big reason why he only played 14 minutes besides the fact that they really trust Al Horford and obviously And they needed some threes and some scoring and he was actually Robert Williams was like one thing the Celtics did pretty damn well tonight both Robert Williams and Al Horford they're pretty pretty good on the offensive glass and created a lot of opportunities. I mean, I think it helped that the Celtics were missing all of their shots, you know, to create a lot more offensive rebounding opportunities. But I do think Horford and Williams um, were decent. Like they're not the reason, like the prime reason why they lost this game. I thought they like did enough. They did. They did basically did their jobs. But again, I think it all comes back to Tatum just not being not being right. Yeah, Tatum not being Tatum was just just an enormous, just deal. a shitty way to end a, a a seven game series like that. Like that game was not fun. I guess it was for Heat fans, but it's just like it would a competitive game would have been so much more entertaining and what this series deserved uh after especially after game 6. The like tonight sucked for the Celtics and they were bad. It's like their offense was terrible in the first, their defense went away in the second. But to me this was not at all like the series where the series was lost. No, the series is lost. Like in game some, two. sometimes, sometimes your best player is going to sprain an ankle and you're going to lose that game because he's got nothing. This was you go down three zero and you have no more margin for error and you're screwed if something like that happens. So, are we blaming Grant Williams for poking the bear in game two? Because no. that where? <laughs> no. Gotta blame someone. <laughs> no, no. Grant Williams does not deserve blame for poking the bear. He, everyone should have been poking it. Like Celtics were not bear pokers. They're not. They're, if if I have any critique of Jason Tatum is that he's too even keeled, and just like doesn't have the kind of assholery that I think is is needed to win. But maybe that's just me trying to look for an excuse. But. You're right. I think he should like. When's the last time Jason Tatum got in a good shouting match with another player? He's always talking about respecting other players and uh, working out with them in the off season, but he's never gotten a good uh, brouhaha with any rival member in the playoffs. That's my one critique of his game. You want him getting brouhaha's more often? I'd like it. Yeah, maybe not a regular season brouhaha, but maybe a nice screaming match in. During the playoffs, Jalen Brown will at least get uh, get feisty with some guys. He has a yelling match with Kyle Lowry, but Jason Tatum is too much of a respecter of uh, the human uh, condition, and he doesn't do that. <laughs> that said, he he was 
he's typically been amazing in elimination games and probably would have had a, a big game tonight if his ankle had allowed him to. The first he wore, play, man. He wore a shirt that would have been so badass if the Celtics had won. It would have been such good marketing for us, too. It was it, it was Kevin Garnett was on the back, and it said anything is possible on the front. It was it was the perfect shirt to wear tonight if the Celtics had won. Like, if he showed up after scoring 38 points, and having 13 rebounds and then just strutted in with that, that, that would have been that would have been powerful. Also, but instead he hobbled in with a busted ankle after uh what was it, a 19 point loss? Yeah. And it it didn't hit the same. No. Also wasted in this game was Isaiah Thomas was back in the garden rage on Rondo, Paul Pierce were there, but imagine this game's close. Heading into the fourth quarter, it was actually an electric environment before the game. Uh, your hero, personal hero, Fran Rogers with the anthem. People were pumped in Jack singing along or the rare sing along to the anthem. That's how you know people were ready. I thought it was a, a, an absolutely electric environment. But imagine close game, fourth quarter, hand to Isaiah Thomas, king of the fourth it would have got the place jumping and the Celtics couldn't even get it close enough. They immediately gave up a seven Oh run. They couldn't even give it his, the moment he deserved on the jumbotron. Yeah. He, he was on the jumbotron and pointed at his wrist. Like it's time. Yeah, but it was the first quarter at that point. <laughs> and the Celtics, it was time though. It was time. And the Celtics. Steve Aoki was there. Your guy, your main man wearing those big red boots. And I think that's frustrating. Where was McLovin? Where was McLovin, Jay? He was there for game five. He was there for game six, but no McLovin in game seven. Were there any 2004 Red Sox in attendance? Uh, Kevin Millar made a video. Johnny Damon said after game six, he was going to attend, but Johnny Damon says lots of thing after, uh, after a beverage or two, I did not see Curtis Laskanik anywhere. Um, Mark Bellhorn, where the fuck were you, man? Yeah. Doug Mankiewicz. This was your moment. I this saw was actually, your moment. I saw Orlando Cabrera at a dive bar about a month and a half ago at a terrible, terrible comedy show, and you can't make one appearance at Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, Orlando Cabrera. I don't care how many cool handshakes you have. Ridiculous. Do you know who was there? Rodney Harrison, wearing a Marcus Smart jersey. Rodney Harrison. I have Rodney there. Harrison's number in my phone for some uh for when I used to work uh for WEEI. I like had a bunch of random like sports people we used to call up. And every day I think about texting Rod. Actually, not every day. That'd be kind of insane. But sometimes I'm scrolling along in my phone and just be like, huh, I could really I could really reach out to Rodney right now, and I choose not to. That's probably the right choice. So how do you look back at we we're going to obviously break down more offseason stuff and hash out everything about the season later but how do you kind of look back on the journey this season has been and I'll just I'll just leave it at that how, how do you look back at the journey this season has been It's been a wild ride um like Ime getting fired or getting suspended three days before the season is insane. Joe Missoula taking over and just the entire Joe Missoula experience has been the wildest of rides. Um, I don't know. It's been pretty tough to 
be in the building and have them end their season on at the TD Garden in front of the home fans. Um, that's been pretty disappointing two years in a row. I definitely feel like they, like the resiliency has been both impressive and frustrating. Like to, before the playoffs for Jason Tatum to say, we know what we messed up last year and we're going to need to avoid that. We need to have the right mentality and then to lose game five to the Hawks, to lose game five to the Sixers, to fall down 0-3 to the Heat is pretty frustrating because it feels like they know they were so close last year and they talked all off season about how close they like, how much they wanted it, how much that fueled them. And then to make the same mistakes is pretty frustrating at the same time to respond the way they did in the Hawks series in the 76 er series to win game six and seven in this series, even to get it to a game seven is like, this team is so fucking good. It's just, it, I don't know. I'm a man of many, many opinions. I'm a man of nuance right now, but it's like, yes, it's frustrating to lose, but only one team can win every year. And like, I feel like they're in a pretty good position, but um, to kind of fall to the same mistakes they had last year is, is ultimately I think the most frustrating part is like, you give them credit for coming back against the Sixers. You give them credit for even getting this to a game seven. But like you're, as you said earlier, they didn't lose the series in game, like cause game seven, they lost, like they lost the series cause they gave up all they had for margin for errors. And they were managed to survive a terrible shooting performance in game six and still win. But like, you can't do that two games in a row. And so don't fuck around in the first three games. Don't fuck around in the fr- like fourth quarter of game two. And then you won't have to find out like, they should have yeah. won the series in five or in five or six games. Like they, they just based on talent and like if they played the right way, they should have just won this series. And so that's I think is the most frustrating part. Like that, they they have all the capabilities of doing it. It's just it feels like execution, not a kind of a talent issue, which is is frustrating. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, in in some ways, I feel like the finals or the Eastern Conference Finals was a microcosm of the season itself. Like they they started off in such an insane manner in the season, just days before training camp. Joe Mazzulla 
found out he was head coach and obviously it was a learning experience for him the beyond him they just lost a lot of talent on their coaching staff it it was Ime Udoka, Will Hardy, Damon Stoudemire left in the middle of the season. Like that's a ton of basketball experience and knowledge that just walked away with no replacement. I do wonder if if they wish that they would have replaced at least one of those guys to just give another voice on the coaching staff to give another voice in the meetings to have another X and O guy on the staff, whatever. That was there was a a lot of talent loss on that staff, and then, but the team like just kind of handled everything in stride for a while. And I thought Joe did a great job managing all of that and just bringing the group together back after that Eme thing that could have just tore blown everything to pieces. And it was kind of the same way in the the Eastern Conference Finals, like. They lose game two and in a super frustrating way to drop the first two games at home. They then lay an utter egg in game three to go down 3-0. And whether it was Joe or Top Golf or in a speech from Matt Reynolds, <laughs> watching they, watching their documentaries about the Red Sox. Everyone was looking for that one storyline to give they them. They could credit. have fallen apart at, at that time and didn't and fought like hell and then just kind of but in in the end, like the the biggest reason they failed was because they never they were super resilient, but they never were able to just focus for entire games at a time. It was they would lose focus and for like three games at a time in the regular season, and they lost focus coming out of the All Star break. They. And it haunted them all year that they couldn't reach their best until they were in a time when they needed it or thought that they needed to show it. And that's like a great trait to have when your backs are against the wall to to be able to summon that. But the next step for this team is being able to do that all the time rather than just after you've put yourself in a near-death situation. Like. <laughs> If they could just play like they typically did in elimination games for the entire playoffs, they would have just dusted the Hawks. They would have probably had a shorter series with the 76ers. And the 76ers were, were really good. Like they had the MVP. I thought James Harden played great in that series. But there were just times when the Celtics just had super brain farts and. I do think Missoula had a lot to learn as a head coach. I thought he kind of learned it for like in each series. I, I feel like he, I thought he learned in, exactly like going big was the key to the Philadelphia series, moving the ball side to side and sending more help toward Jimmy and bam was a, a key to winning three straight in the Eastern conference finals. But to be like one of the best head coaches, you have to do that stuff before you really need it. And and so the Celtics never quite reached that level. Joe never quite reached that level. And it's hard to know where the season would have ended up with Ime Udoka. Maybe in the same place. The players have shown a lot of the same flaws that they have for years, whether it's fourth quarter crunch time offense, whatever. But 
the uh I thought Joe actually did a pretty good job, like all things considered, to keep everything together through everything that group went through was quite a feat to me. And and maybe it says more about the players than it does about Missoula, but I think it certainly says something about Missoula that he was able to get them to rally after losing Ime, that he was able to get them to rally after falling behind 3-2 against Philly and again in the Eastern Conference Finals. But at some point, they just need to have their fire lit all the time. And and that's that's just how it they're going to take the next step if, if they do take the next step. I believe it was the great Ralph Waldo Emerson who once said, a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. And, you know, I think that makes all the sense in the world. Where did you, did you just Google that quote? Did you just uh, Google stupid inconsistency quote and come no, with some I, hobgoblin I've, nonsense? I've had consistency as the hobgoblin of little minds in the back pocket forever. I did Google it to confirm to the Ralph Waldo Emerson, but that's just a nice little turn of phrase that uh, you guys can use now uh, if you'd like to. Um, I got nothing more else to say about this game. We're going to get into plenty of offseason talk. Um, people are ready to do crazy things. Uh, we'll have to talk them down off the ledge. I also have to dive into the CBA because Danger Cart's writing magnum opuses about what the CBA means for this team, and so I'll have to go and figure that out soon. But uh, just to get into some junk from tonight's game, how devastated was I in the media room after the game where I decided to leave uh, leave TD Garden? I just want to get your your perspective Um Anyway, your your judgment on that move to leave TD Garden because I didn't feel like for my own well being sitting there in that room of failure was good for me. Whatever whatever you need to find happiness. Thank you. There was no happiness and there was no happiness in that room. You can't be hobgoblin it though. You gotta you gotta <laughs> stay consistent next time. I would say. Um, I'm trying to think. Any other any other junk from the game? We got a lot to, a lot of it. Uh. I mean, again, shout out to Fran Rogers, the GOAT. Um, I hate Kyle Lowry. That's a pretty thing. Uh, I ran into Fran Rogers. I was able to tell him he's a GOAT. It was a great moment for me. Was he receptive of your compliments? Yeah. What do you think? I, 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 like, I walked by him and I stopped him. And I was like, <laughs> you're the national anthem GOAT. And then he, he just kind of looked at me like, all right, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Keep it on. Keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, you, hopefully, it meant something to him. What do you think is going to happen in the finals? I think I might. I I tweeted this out earlier. If this Heat team wins, I'm quitting podcasting. I'm done. I'm gone. That's it forever. Yeah. I just don't like the Heat. I don't like. Uh, playoff Jimmy getting the name playoff Jimmy and then only showing up for half a series and then Tim Bontemps ruining everything and giving him MVP uh, I don't like Kyle Lowry I don't like heat culture I don't like Pat Riley and his fake Italian ways Bam Adebayo is extremely overrated and uh, does not do anything on the offensive end Max Struess, uh he's fine um, but there was a funny moment at the end of the game Jason Tatum was like hobbling into the locker room. <laughs> Max Struess was calling for him, like Jason, Jason, and I think he wanted to just congratulate him or whatever. He just wanted uh, to rub it in his face. This is what you no, get for cutting me instead wanted, of taco. Just wanted to say like you were great, whatever. And Jason either did not hear him or 
chose. Not I think to. <laughs> I think he just I think he just didn't hear him because Tatum did meet with a lot of the Heat players, but it, it was pretty funny because Struess like kept calling after him, kind of chased him for a little while, and then realized Tatum wasn't hearing him, and then uh, just said hello to one of the Celtic security guys and and spun off. <laughs> uh anything else from the old Celtics post game? What did I miss, you know, when I left? You know, what did Joe Mazzula have to say? Anything interesting? Not really. The Yeah, for, I mean for the Celtics, this was just a great opportunity for the Celtics. Just a great opportunity because the Heat were the eight seed. They had a lot more talent. Everyone thought than the Heat. But honestly, like the Heat bench, and I, I, I use Caleb Martin in that because he didn't start at the beginning of the series, though he did at the end. Most people thought the Celtics were the deepest team in the league. When it really came down to it in this series, they were not. Caleb Martin and Duncan Robinson were super important for the Heat in just about every game. And, and Malcolm Brogdon didn't do much. Uh, Grant Williams was like pretty good in a few games, but never super. Robert Williams like had some moments, but never really absolutely killed it. So it's like it was the depth that beat them, which is weird because everybody thought they were the deeper team. And then, I mean, the first couple games, like, that's the regret right there. That's the regret. But yeah, it was probably the most frustrating part for the Celtics. We'll be looking back at just how great an opportunity this was of at least getting to the finals and then having a pretty good matchup against Denver with probably a lot of ways to test Jokic defensively. Oh, I they got steamrolled by Denver. I don't know. They they would have had a lot of ways to test Jokic's defense. They would have had like, they just wouldn't have been able to stop them, though. Unless you're relying on Grant Williams to play 35 minutes a game because he's Batman, which is always a silly nickname. We'll never just see just that. Let me series. hold it in my heart that they would have got steamrolled by Denver, and that way this game doesn't mean anything. <laughs> we will never see that series. Well, because... maybe next year, but well, who knows? When when that series comes, we'll get to that. If I'm still podcasting, you know, maybe the Heat win the Or finals. Derek White. Derek White was going to be... The hero. He was going to be, a, yeah, now he his was, moment gets forgotten. The moment won't get forgotten because it was just crazy. But that was going to be iconic, absolutely iconic, if they had gone on to win a title. And he was great tonight, too. He, he didn't shoot the ball well from outside, but he was their only source of offense for a while. He was great. The Celtics just, they couldn't force turnovers either. They could not force turnovers in the last two games of the series, which was an enormous factor and I thought especially tonight, if they had forced turnovers, the garden crowd would have gotten crazy if they got some buckets in transition. Yeah, but they, just... they needed the easy buckets in transition. They were getting some stops there in the third quarter, but they never forced the turnovers to get the easy buckets, to get the crowd on their side, to like cut it to anything shorter than Yeah, six, and I thought right? Tatum's inability to score hurt them in a lot of ways, but in transition a lot. Like He just couldn't attack in transition. Obviously, he's normally one of their best transition players, and he just could not would not attack because he just just could not move with the ankle just a shit time to roll on your and for a guy who's been so durable 
and has been able to just and ha- really hasn't been injured his whole career. Just a shit shit time to sprain an ankle. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. That's pretty much going to do it from us. Like I said, I guess we'll probably be back later in the week. We'll do a live room, let the fans vent, uh, talk early, early offseason stuff, maybe reflect on what's going on in the finals. But thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for tuning in in all series and being with us with the playoff runs. It's been fun doing these post games. I'll try to get better headphones and get be louder on the post game pods for the live rooms. But uh, it's been a wild ride. Celtics fall game seven uh, to the heat after coming back from three Oh down. Some people describe this as funny. Uh, I have, I have not been amused, but um, I'm glad you guys uh, have joined in for Jay King, the kid, the God, the legend, El Nino himself. I am Sam jam Packard. And this has been. I think your scream was too loud and nobody heard it, or at least I didn't hear it. So I, I pulled the mic. Any, I pulled the microphone this has been, away because I didn't want it to be too loud. I said this anything has been is anything is potable. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jay. You know, I hurt my ankle there, and you stepped up on like Jalen Brown. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> he admitted he failed. He knew. He knows what he did. Do you think the Celtics all use the term "failed" on purpose? <laughs> like, like, don't ask me if this was a failure. It was a failure. Take that, Giannis. It was, they just finally just took that moment to get a little, a little caddy against their Eastern Conference rival. Who knows? <laughs>